The kid is acquitted. This is spoilers. This is spoilers. Hello, and welcome to six, no, five angry spoilers. Um, this is spoilers, and we're going to do today, this is a Vince pick. Um, we're going to do Sidney Lumet's 1957 classic, great, um, 12 Angry Men. So let's go around the table, introduce ourselves, say where you're from. And then I had a fun little question uh, that everyone can answer as well, which will be, have you ever been arrested? Or, <laughs> oh. or have you ever served on a jury? Feel free to answer one of those or both, but answer at least one. Um, I'll start. This is Vince, the intern, host here in Denver, Colorado, and I've never been a juror. <laughs> God. <laughs> Which implies... Uh, anyway, this, is, <laughs> this is Pappy recording from Miami, Florida this weekend, and I also have never been on a jury, but I really want to. Nice. Go ahead, Mikey. Uh, this is Mikey. I'm recording from Elkhart, Indiana. And I have also never been on a jury. I love it. Everyone's <laughs> taking the safe road. <laughs> Go ahead, Stevie. Well, hell, I, I have no shame. Uh, my name's uh, Stevie, f- recording from Elkhart, Indiana. And um, I've been arrested, just not thrown in the slammer. Nice. Yeah. That's... yeah it was Halloween. <laughs> nice. Well, it's... It was... <laughs> it was Halloween in college, and I, I was dressed up as Ronald McDonald with a very Heath Ledger-looking Ronald McDonald. And uh, I was underage, and the cop let me ride shotgun, and he drove me home. Nice. That's a cool cop for not throwing you in the slammer. and, and getting- Oh, yeah. yeah. He was- Although, that'd be scary yeah, was- if you were in some kind of like Joker-esque McDonald's clown <laughs> outfit. <laughs> I'll post a photo to the Twitter later. It's terrifying. Awesome. awesome. And last but definitely not least, the long. Go for it. Uh, take the PC route and just go the whole jury thing. Uh, I was on a jury, nice. but then it got canceled. But it got canceled. Aww. But then they rescheduled it. Nice. And then it got canceled again. <laughs> Did they tell you what it was for? I would assume it was uh, a guy murdering his father. With the switchblade. Yeah. Huh. And there we go. We're now in the 12. <laughs> Movie spoiled. It's over. Um, that's cool, though, that you've been at least served. I was hoping that one of us has at least went through the uh, process because they, they, they send out these to not just uh, 12 people. They send it to a bunch of people, and then they vet them, and then each side, prosecutor and defendant, uh, get to like eliminate some people. Um, it's a it's a quite neat, um, unique process. Uh, so I was hoping someone went through it, but unfortunately, it sounds like no one did. Um, but let's get into the meat and potatoes of the uh, film here. And it's a bottle episode, so the entire thing takes place basically within a juror uh, jury room. I I don't know what you call that room. Um, and, and basically, the jurors are. Um, debating whether or not uh, an 18-year-old kid is, is guilty of uh, preemptive murder. Um, um, and, and as the story goes, the kid uh, allegedly stabbed his father with a switchblade. Um, and, and that's how, how it unwraps from there. Uh, basically, the opening scene is the courtroom um, 
where they, sh- they kind of show the outside of the court and then slowly move in. They show the hallways and then they go into the actual courtroom where the judge is saying his spiel. And then the 12 men walk into the juror room. And actually, they do show the kid um, and they all kind of like look at the kid and, and you kind of get that first taste of... Uh, first taste. You know, first taste, hey <laughs> of of what each character might be thinking. Uh, and then they, 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 they then switch to a view of inside the jury room or... What do you call that? The liberation room, right? The liberation room? Ooh, the like council, council war room. The war room. Where they decide, basically, um, vote their yes or no, uh, the jury. Um, so it, sh- it goes into that room, and they're all kind of standing up, putting their coats away, blah, blah, blah. And then the foreman um, takes charge and says, everyone sit, you know, why not sit in order? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight to 12. Um, which which I helps think us keep track of Really them. helpful for the viewer. Um, but, uh, yeah. So the reason I picked this is because I think it's important, a part of, uh, um, you know, the, the justice system, uh, for maybe every American to watch this happened. This movie was a 1957 film, which I think is pretty unique, uh, for the topics at hand. Um, kind of, I don't know if it's necessarily race, but it's definitely classism, uh, that's, that's being portrayed here. At the at the very least, and I think they handled it very very well. Um, and I, I think it's important for everyone to know their rights as a U.S. citizen. Um, but that's why I picked it. I love this movie. I think it's one of the best bottle episodes of all time. And when I say bottle episode, it basically means like the entire thing takes place in one spot. Uh, I didn't coin that term. <laughs> I'm sure you all heard of that before. <laughs> um, but let's get into it and just do initial reactions. Um, have you guys seen it before? I'm just going to open it up to discussion. Uh, go ahead, throw out anything you might have. Crickets. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'll go go first. What a host. I'll go first. (laughs) I had, uh, reservations because I usually don't like anything to do with like courtrooms or, uh, I don't like Law and Order. I don't like watching Law and Order or anything like that. So I was kind of put off at the beginning. Uh, but as soon as I saw that young kid, I was like right into it. I wanted to see how this was going to pan out. I didn't really ex- think he was 18. He looked like yeah. he was like 12. So I was uh, really shocked at the beginning of the movie. That kind of like throws you into it that there's like real stakes on the line because it's just a kid. And... uh that first scene when they walk into the jury room or into the uh, council room, whatever we're going to call it, it's like one really long take and it kind of plays out like a, like Mm -hmm. a Broadway play. There's a lot of moving parts going on. It's really, it's a really interesting scene. Pretty crazy how we had back to back movies starring Mikey Tola. (laughs) (laughs) Last week is zero. This week has the, Oh wow. Yeah. Uh, But no, I, I think you have a really good point that even though like the setting is really limited, it's all taking place in one room, um, the director, Sidney Lumet, does a good job of moving the camera and sort of de- having long extended takes mm-hmm. where it'll start focusing in on one juror, then another juror will enter the picture, and then the camera will shift its attention, uh, bouncing back in between the 12 angry men. And it makes it easier to understand each of their distinct sort of personalities because you're seeing them interact with each other in different combinations in a single shot. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I think as Stevie mentioned before in the thread, um, we were chatting about who, what jurors what. And we're like, they sat in order, Stevie. And Stevie was like, they were moving around all the time. And I think that goes to Pappy's point. 
It doesn't matter what order they're there and moving around. They constantly. are. They definitely are. And I think that goes to Pappy's point of, of how well it was shot. It, it's like there's moving parts at all times. It, for, for being in a, I don't know, 20 foot by 50 foot room, and I'm just totally guessing on that, um, it doesn't seem small, cramped, or claustrophobic at all. It, it, it's at all times there's moving parts, and I think that's really unique. Um, I thought this movie was kind of famous for making you feel claustrophobic in a room with them as mm. the time kind of ticks off the clock. Uh, and as they get kind of more intense as the movie goes on, you'll notice they kind of start using closer and closer camera angles sure. and more and more face shots. Always on the old dude. More too. And, and more and more sweat. Yeah. <laughs> the old Well, I, okay, that's a good point, Josh. Um, they, they were sweaty, and it, it definitely – showed what they were trying to show that it's the hottest day of the year and i think that was a quote from the beginning uh before they all took their seats but it's a hot new york day um in a stuffy building and everyone in this film is sweating bullets i mean there's there's like pit stains there's there's literal beads dripping off these people's foreheads um and i think that does go to the point of maybe being claustrophobic in a sense but i took that more as i don't know the pressure of the situation as well as just the weather Maybe not so much claustrophobic, but I guess I, I do like that. That's a that's a good point. Well, there's nice like there's nice like symmetry with the weather too, because it keeps getting hotter and hotter and more intense, and it kind of coincides with the the voting mm-hmm. that the twelve angry men are doing. And I think it's when the tie, it's either when the it, there's first a tie or when the tie is broken. That's when it starts to rain, right? So it's kind of like accentuating. I think when it that got point. to six to six, it started raining. I believe they were able to get the fan working because it started raining. <laughs> because they had to turn the light switch on, and hey, it must be on the same uh, switch as the lights. And that was easy a quote as, that. as well. <laughs> Definitely. So, was this anyone's first time viewing this movie? That must no. be a no. Yeah, <laughs> I had seen it. I had no, seen no, it before. Yeah. With no one responding, I watched it before last year for the first that time. That must be a no. Yeah, I watch it probably. Definitely once a year since I first saw it, and I saw it, I think, freshman year of college. Um, but I'd probably watch it even more than that. It, it gives me hope, I guess, into our judicial system. Um, but, yeah, anyways, I was, I was hoping this was someone's first time <laughs> viewing it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so... Well, I, go ahead. We were kind of hitting on something in the thread, and I had a question about... And yeah. I'm, I'm, like, furiously looking this up on Google now, and I can't find anything. Oh, I'm fake news, baby. What was the it? ethnicity of the kid, the defendant, the eighteen-year-old. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of like it's vague. He's not. Yeah, he's not black, but they're clearly racist against him. And maybe it's like a sixty-year difference thing where I don't really know who they're being racist. He looked against. Greek to me. Well, I think the brilliance of that is that they didn't define a race or a group or a what religion or a class or anything i think and and they do use the term well poor they They did say class they use the term they i guess they do use poor and whatnot so it is class they use them quite a bit but they they use like them in a sense so i don't and they them and they they um (laughs) where's jordan (laughs) we got the wrong long on this podcast but anyways uh (laughs) I, i think that was kind of a brilliant job of not defining the race that everyone's kind of against. And I think that plays back to how brilliant in a night, this is 1957, how on their P's and Q's and 
and way ahead of their time on on race relations or or just kind of court relations. I mean, we're seeing it more and more now with uh, you know all these movements and whatnot. I won't name them specifically, but I think they are legitimate issues. So I, I you know, I, I think they did such a good job for being the '50s. Granted, every person in this is, I think, a white man. <laughs> like I don't think there's any women, and they're all white. So you know, you, you got to give and take, I suppose. But I, I think they did a really good job with not defining uh, the defendant. I think it's interesting that you get hope from this for a judicial system. And for me, it was kind of like, man, really not much has changed in these 60 years. Cause I could see this exact scenario playing out and maybe not having such a positive storybook ending. Like we see. In I mean, movie. OJ got sure. off. Yeah. And I think I, when I say hope, I, I guess I mean that I, systems are in place uh, for a reason. And it, there's, you can't, I guess, always get it 100% correct. And having 12 human beings, your peers, people that live in your city, decide your fate, I think that gives me hope, in a sense. Like, that there's still the checks and balances of our judicial system. I mean, I, parts of the world, if, if you, you know, raise the wrong flag or wear the wrong color or say the wrong words, you're in jail for the rest of your life. Or some people are even born, like North Korea, are born into prisons for the rest of their life. Or Alabama. That's pr- <laughs> Well, they just can't read down there, so that's that's a shame. But you know, I, I think I think it gives me. I guess when I say hope, it's more so that it, it's nice to know that the system is in place, not necessarily to screw people over, but to have each other's backs. And I think that's what a lot of people are, or a lot of groups are are lacking nowadays. Is is I think we're all in it together, so why not have each other's back? To me, it, it looks like a PSA that like everybody should watch before they do this yeah. jury jury duty uh because it really like sets in stone the consequences of your actions in there and i, I think a lot of people don't really take that Definitely. into account well i like the way they're just trying the to way too they're not proving that the defendant is innocent in every way but every plot point reasonable is sort of, doubt yeah deconstructing the evidence that's at hand and saying that there is reasonable doubt like they're not proving him innocent but they're definitely saying there's not enough to prove. Yeah, I mean, there's the awesome quote from yeah, Fonda. Yeah, questions. Uh, I think evidence should be that, like, specific. If we're going to put an 18 year old in the death or the uh, um, electric chair, so yeah, uh, yeah, and they start to find holes in the prosecuting attorney's case pretty quickly, and I, yeah, I mean, what's up? I mean, does that speak to like? publicly appointed defendants still i mean is there really just not a way to fix that really in our society like if you're mm. poor you're gonna get someone who may poor not, defense yeah they might not get their best effort yeah that's i mean that's yeah that's definitely an issue up for the suits in washington because you know who you're not gonna go hire a richard shapiro for a for an 18 year old kid with no money you know it, it's a tough it's a tough thing It'd be pretty dope if you took it. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe some pro bono <laughs> work there. I, I like Money's point, though, um, that people should watch this pro as bono. a juror if they were going into jury to, to, to know that like their voice matters. And I was really, really hoping that one of us served on a jury, which I, I kind of figured none of us did because we're all friends and I probably would have known it anyway. But um, I feel like anytime people I hear of, like 
get that letter in the mail that says jury duty. They're like, fuck, I don't want to do that. I got to work. I'm busy. I got this. I got that. And they, like, they try everything to get out of it. So I feel like maybe our jur- juries don't necessarily have the brightest minds. Maybe, maybe not. But I, I just feel like in my experiences of anyone that's ever got that letter, they're just like, fuck, I don't want to do that. I really want to get out of this jury duty. I got uh, tickets to the ball game. Going to Mikey's point, I think it's important to realize that it's a very important part of our democracy as well as our judicial system, judicial system that, uh, that uh, we as peers of, of, of the people we live around and next to and whatnot, um, we can decide their fates. And I think that's kind of cool in a sense. Um, but yeah, I, I think we talked in the thread about performances as far as acting. And, and anytime you put, um, and as money, uh, Mike explained or, or, or pointed out that uh, this plays out as a play, like a Broadway play almost. In those kind of films, acting is key. Without acting, I mean, the script can be awesome, but it's not going to be a great movie. With good acting, it's going to be a great movie. And I think this has it. So we all talked about, you know, who might be the best actor, who might not be. Um, I would love to go around the table, uh, maybe open some debates or discussions about who thought who was the best actor. Um, I'll start out with Pappy. Who do you think was the best actor in this film? That's a really good question because even though there are 12 of them, they all seem to stand out and having 12 main characters seems like it should be convoluted but it's not and they're all pretty distinctive but i guess for pappy it's pretty obvious that henry fonda is the best actor uh juror number eight he definitely grounds the film because he's the one who's who's sort of pulling the other 12 one by one along to his side but also, don't sleep on the pappy juror, juror number... <laughs> juror number nine. Juror number nine, no yeah. Way. yeah. <laughs> I love the zoom-in close-ups of his face. <laughs> pappy, you, he looks so frightened and confused. Pappy, you just want to be so wide. You just want, after 75 years, you just want to be heard. You want to be quoted for something. That's the only reason you like him. <laughs> well, pretty much, yeah, and we look alike. So there's that. <laughs> and you guys like have the same... I don't know, sleep schedule. It's it's crazy. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. So Stevie, Stevie, we watched this together. Who did you think was the best? Uh, you on my side? Yeah, Henry Fonda. This movie also kind of reminds me that nowadays, like the movie star is kind of dead. You know what I mean? What do you, what do you, what do you in mean? That, in that sense, like, a t- like an actual like old school movie star. I don't think they're very much around anymore. Um, I also like juror number four, who I called Slugworth the whole time. He looks just like Slugworth from Willy Wonka. Oh, wow. I uh, liked his character a lot. <laughs> nice. He was the Wall Street broker, right? The, yeah, yeah, yeah. One well, of the last yeah, holdouts. Yeah. 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 He was one of the last holdouts. Yeah. The guy with glasses. Uh, Money Mike, who did you think had the best uh, performance here? Uh, I think Stevie and Pappy make good points for Aiden. Juror eight and juror four, uh, but I think juror three also did a really good job. He was the uh, the very last guy holding on to his mm-hmm. guilty vote throughout the whole movie. Lee uh, Cobb, yeah, Lee juror Cobb. eight, Henry Fonda is really, yeah, he, Henry Fonda is really like the linchpin in this movie, though. Such so a good actor, I would say he is probably the best Definitely. actor. Corn on I mean, Lee Cobb. 
<laughs> I thought it was going to be a little confusing because there's just 12 white guys and how are, how are they really going to differentiate differentiate all of them but it was actually really easy they're all pretty distinct mm-hmm. in their like character development piglet was pretty like good that. too <laughs> uh you're speaking of juror two john feidler fiedler yeah the character whose wife probably beat him mercilessly <laughs> after oh my god Isn't that a threat? none of us knew what you were talking about break. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah he was like a little like i don't know like little spineless guy, I suppose. She beats him. That was never yeah. exist. Uh, so that's not yeah. true. But he really is the voice of Piglet. Right? That's true. Yeah, yeah, he really is the voice that's of Piglet. True. Yeah, that's true and cool. Well, shoot, Josh, what do you think? What's uh, your best performance? Uh, I think you guys hit the nail on the head. I think Fonda and Cobb kind of play opposite ends of the, of the spectrum and were therefore kind of chosen in those leads because they're probably the best actors of all of them. But... For some reason, I really liked Jared number one's performance, the foreman. I thought he played that kind of like reluctant leader. I believed he was a high school coach. I just liked it. He tried to pass off the torch numerous times too. <laughs> I think. Th- yeah, I think the and first there's, time there's one line where he looks at he looks at Pib- Piglet one line and goes, <laughs> "What do you want me to do about it?" <laughs> I thought it was so classic. <laughs> Well, shoot. I, I have to agree with all you guys. Uh, Henry Fonda was a, f- a tremendous actor, and he really was the staple, the glue, the whatever metaphor you want that held this group together and, and, and really made this film uh, not great, but, but, but legendary, like a classic. And then also, I, I, Josh, I like your Martin uh, Balsam, which is juror number one performance yep. as well, because... It's got to be tough to be a foreman. It's got to be really, really tough to be a foreman of a jury because you're just you're also just a juror, but you're trying to run eleven other people. Um, so that's got to be really tough. And I think he did a good job of of uh, you know what that would play out as. Um, my favorite character, and I think the person that had the best acting was was Lee J. Cobb, juror number three. Um, just because he's got some chops, man. He's got some chops. He's got some chops. He chewed gum pretty oh, dang I hate hard. That word. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> but I, I liked it his character arc because you know he starts off he, he's not an unreasonable man throughout the film. I don't think, and that could probably be argued. But he, he comes from I think a decent good place, and, and his whole character arc is his falling out with his son. And that plays a huge part of his kind of angst towards the trial at large. Um, well, I have a question about sure. that, actually, if you don't mind. So he, his angst with his son made him want to find this guy, this 18-year-old defendant, guilty. But why? Is he mad I mean, at Josh, his son? Josh, you're the like, only really person wants to on kill this his podcast, son? knock on wood, that has children. Uh, so I can't speak... <laughs> that I know yeah, of. Yeah, I can't, <laughs> I can't speak of, you know relations with with your children but i have to feel and and josh your kids aren't teenagers yet so you probably don't know yet either i think his son's in jail uh yeah didn't he have a it was a falling out it was not explicitly said he was in jail it was more that they said they got in a fight he hit him in the jail they hadn't talked in like two years they haven't talked in two years he was 16 when that happened so he's 18 now so like his son was the same no he's no that's not the timeline he's 16 when they got in the fight yeah He's twenty two. He's twenty two now, and they haven't talked to each other in two years. Oh, uh, okay, okay. So, I don't know. Did, did anybody else pick up on like what that actually meant by him 
wanting to find the defendant guilty and what that connection was. I mean, my take was just I, an angry father that isn't taking his anger out in the right saw spot. His son you know his, what I mean? Like, it's just that he has that grudge. You know, it's... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. He looked and, at and, the... Oh, go ahead. In the, well, in the crime case, it's like literally the son supposedly stabbing his dad in the heart, which it sounds like, I mean, Such there's a definitely metaphor. some... Yeah, some repressed emotion going on in, in this father-son relationship. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're going to say, Stevie, or what, what do you think? Um, his dad, uh, well, what's his name, Lee Cobb? He brought it yep. up kind of just like, you work all your life to try to give your children everything and they end up betraying you anyway. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of why he wanted to put that kid away, because he ended up killing his father. Just like his son pushed him away, that's why I don't talk anymore. Yep, I, th- I think well, that's spot yeah. on, Stevie. Yeah. Bear with me here, too, for, like, the last three holdouts. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of, like, ethos, pathos, and logos, right? Where it's, like, the different appeals when you're making an argument. Like, ethos is ethics, pathos is emotion, and logos is logic. So, mm-hmm. Slugsworth was kind of, like, appealing to logic. You had the racist guy who was number 10, right? Ed Beagley. So yeah. racist. Ed Beagley. Yeah, who's sort of a- appealing to emotion. And then you have the last holdout, Lee Cobb, who's who's saying that he's coming from an ethical perspective, that all of the evidence is pointed to one direction, but it really is his own shortcomings, which is why he's been blinded by everything. But I thought that was kind of interesting, how the last three have their own different reasonings for holding out. Um, That's way too smart for this podcast. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Talking smart talk. Get out of here. (laughs) Shoot. Well, we went around and said our our, our favorite acting, our our favorite character in a sense, or who who did the best job. Um, Now I'm going to switch it to not who was the worst actor, but who was your worst juror? Who did you not like the most? Uh, We'll keep it the same order. I think, Pappy, you went first? Wait, is this about yeah. uh, if you like their acting or just like the character? So it, it has nothing to do with their performance, character-based. Okay, gotcha. Character-based. Gotcha. Who is your least favorite character? Well, juror. <laughs> I feel like I have to say juror number 10, right? The racist <laughs> one. <laughs> but I guess other than racism, um, I thought... <laughs> I actually thought juror number six was pretty useless. So, like, if we're looking Whoa. at a little sheet with the oh, guys. He had a classic line, really, though. He, didn't, he had one classic line. He doesn't really do much, I'll though. lay you out. Yeah. Yeah, I'll lay you out. Dude, I'll yeah, because d- yeah, I think he made a huge point of um, Pappy, the juror number 10, the old man. Or no, juror number nine, excuse me. The old man, um, uh, Cobb, interrupts him and talks down to him. And so juror six is like, you can't talk to an old man like that. I'll lay you out and then lets him talk. And I think that was a huge turning point of, of giving uh, juror number nine, the old, old, old man, some power. And then that kind of was the almost domino effect where more people, I suppose, bought in. I don't, I think he played a huge so that's part, definitely but like his very one shine- part. Yeah. That's like his one shining yeah, moment though. Yeah. But I yep. mean, the racist guy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, same order. Who was it next? Stevie? Yeah, I'll go. Uh, least favorite juror would be juror number 12, Clark Kent. Also Don <laughs> Draper. No, um, Don Draper's like, I don't know. He, he kept taking off his glasses, putting on his glasses. He was the most spineless, without a leg to stand on juror there was. Yeah. And just 
I don't know. He was just kind of a filler to, I guess, build suspense of which way he was going to sway. Bouncing around like a like tennis him. ball. Like a tennis ball. I did not like that juror at all. <laughs> nice. Uh, Money Mike? Uh, I got to disagree with Stevie there. That guy had some classic one-liners throughout this whole movie. <laughs> he did. And he was making me crack up throughout. Uh, he, at one point... He at one point was like drawing a box of Rice Krispies or something and was just talking to another guy like, hey, I'm in marketing. This is what I do all day. It's pretty crazy, huh? And <laughs> that was the other guy. Self-brag. Like, okay, bud. He was just a weird guy, kind of. Uh, but I think the my least favorite was probably Juror 10 or Juror 6. Juror 6, I felt, was useless. Mm. Yeah. He didn't really contribute much. Yeah. Josh, what what say you? Man, we talked about Piglet already. He was pretty annoying, guys. <laughs> I agree. Uh, leave, <laughs> leave him alone. <laughs> I I thought that maybe the worst actor was maybe the old manager number nine. Agree. Uh, just kind of kind of seemed like he was in a play. I mean, it's kind of set up like a play, but he. I don't know. He seems like too Josh. He was born in the 1800s. I know. Respect your pappies, dude. Respect, respect your paps. They're all my pappies because all these guys are dead. But (laughs) that's that's (laughs) cheerful. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. The last one was jury number five. He died in 2012. Um, He was good. He was part of the slumdog millionaire. He was the he was the third person to say not guilty. That was Jack. Klugman? Klugman? Klugman, I'm wow. guessing, yeah. The Klugs. The Klugs. But anyway, Klug, yeah. Boy, <laughs> I'll, I'll just go with the old man. He's my least favorite, even though I thought he uh, played a critical part in the story, nonetheless. Nice. Um, shoot. So I think we have to pivot back to best as well and say juror number seven, the dude with the tickets. Although annoying in a sense, I think he acted decently well for that. Uh, I really liked him. Yeah, yeah. if if you look, it's Mm -hmm. Jack Warden. If you look at his like acting career, he wasn't always some jerk off New Yorker with a ballpark tickets. Like he played that really well. Uh, He never was unreasonable. He was just kind of like, "Hey, I got a game here," kind of thing, trying to go to the game. So um, I think we had to give him some kudos on on his acting there. But he had a long career. Question about his character: Do you guys think that by the end of the movie, even though he voted not guilty? But it was still just so he could get out of there faster. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he learned he just nothing from didn't this. Didn't give a shit. <laughs> Definitely, one hundred percent. He dies. He doesn't die. I want to go to the ball game. <laughs> He's just like, <laughs> even though it's raining, dude. He made twenty. <laughs> dude, it's... he made twenty-seven grand last year selling marmalade. You know, so I mean, what a <laughs> what a winner! I did the math on that, and that's like over two hundred and twenty grand. In 1957, today's dollars. So, I mean, that's that's not a terrible take home right there. So, you know, that's a hell of a lot of money. He's doing a lot better than John Candy in Planes Train selling shower curtains. Well, that, that's for sure. <laughs> that's definitely yeah. true, and he definitely better than John Candy wearing uh, three cows in uh, in, in bobsled. <laughs> oh God, there it is. Well, as long as we're comparing this to older rolling. movies, I feel like this is kind of reminds me of like the juries, like when they get deputized in Young Guns. 
Oh God! Jesus all right, let it go. Of, it's not, not good, we're Josh. Not, we're not doing all these flashbacks to we're our shitty picks of, them, of <laughs> yesteryear. We're not doing that. Oh shit! All right, my I least favorite character. Guns, I'm gonna jump into my least favorite character. I'm 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 going with Stevie, uh, juror number twelve, the marketing guy. Although it was so Mad Men ish uh, that it was insane. Like Mad Men is basically that guy, uh, but he was such a jerk. Like he was just like every single time he's like. Basically, whoever was yelling at him and asking him guilty or not guilty, he would just say, like, whoever was asking him this question, uh, like, their favor. Like, if, if they wanted to be not guilty, he'd say not guilty. If the person asking him wanted him to be guilty, he would say guilty. He was, he was just spineless. Uh, but I do have to go with Mikey. He did have funny, like, quips. Uh, but uh, he was such a, a spineless jerk. Um, but I do agree with Josh as well that, that the old man maybe was not the best actor Quite possibly the worst actor of twelve, but uh, yeah, that was the least favorite character. Um, so let's 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 uh, move on. Who do we think this kid was guilty? I don't think that is really discussed at the end. It's more of he wasn't guilty on a, beyond a reasonable doubt. But what do you guys think? Guilty or not guilty? I'll start it off, and I'll say <laughs> I'll say not guilty because I have a reasonable doubt. I'll say not guilty as well, but I do think there's a chance that he did do it. It's not like 100% like in stone he didn't do it. I think there's a, at least a 20-30% chance he did. I agree. Money? Uh, I'll say not guilty. I thought the part with uh, the L train passing mm-hmm. by and the old man witnessing through the train, or was it a man or the woman? The woman through the train. Seeing the murder through the train. I thought that was like, yeah, that'd be pretty tough to call. I kind of doubted it when I heard that part of the story. Definitely. I'd yeah, it wasn't enough guilty. evidence. Ooh. And then also, yeah. speaking of the part you're talking about, um, juror number two, Piglet, um, does the timing. And then uh, Henry Fonda, jury number eight, does the like simulation. Now, I timed it on my phone with the stopwatch that um, Steve Jobs so – Thank or so gladly provided me um, on my iPhone, and it was 31 seconds. And in the film, they say 41 seconds, but the incriminating evidence was that he was like 10 seconds. So I don't understand why they got that part wrong, or if it was just a total mishap. What goes there? Dude, I mean, like nitrate film was expensive, Vince. But time went time went in a little bit slower back then. <laughs> Yeah, dude, this isn't 24, man. Oh, okay. It's not shot in real time. <laughs> yeah. Things change. When hey, you should put that in the goof section in the IMDb, though. I think, totally. I think it definitely deserves a spot there because it was not 41 seconds, but also it was 31 seconds, which was still a ton of time to be like, hey, that's a big difference where you can't put someone you know, to death for that. But uh, I don't know. I, I had to rewind and do it because like my... I don't know, OCD or whatever, just my curiosity wanted to see if that was actually 41 seconds because it did not feel like it. And sure enough, it wasn't. But uh, That scene went a little differently than I thought it was going to. What did you think? Uh, how did you think it was going to go? Doesn't uh, Henry Fonda ask Piglet like what the time was? And then Piglet is looking at his watch. Piglet is like looking at his watch for an unbearably long <laughs> amount of time trying to calculate how much time has gone by. Even though he didn't start it until it hit on the 60. And I was going to feel so bad. He's <laughs> like, I got to wait till it gets on the 60. And I thought it was going to be like, I thought he, he was going to get bitched out for fucking up the time. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I could have saw that happen too. 
Uh, Josh, would you would you vote him uh, guilty or not guilty? I would have definitely voted not guilty here because just sounds like the prosecution had a lot of holes in the story. And again, the def- the public defender wasn't able to pull that out for one reason or the other. But I do think one of the flimsiest things that they change a couple minds it with is uh, how you hold a switch knife. They're like, well, if yeah. if you're handy with a switch knife, you always like pull it out quick and go up. Well, if this is premeditated murder, you're not necessarily going to walk in there unarmed and then just pull it out quick. And you're flip probably it quick, gonna, yeah. You're probably going to maybe have it ready. He knew his dad was taller. I, that to me was just kind of like flimsy huh. of, of all the arguments. I thought that was the most flimsy. No, I get your point because even if you flip a blade up on a switchblade and, you know, stab up, I suppose, instead of stabbing down, you can easily, like, the way he, like, grabs the blade, turns it in his hand, and then stabs, like, no one would do that. I think I could turn a blade around pretty easily if I wanted to to stab down. You know what I mean? And like, this isn't a knife fight in the street. Yeah. It's, like, off it's the cuff. This is a an murder. person. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I definitely see that point as well. Um yeah, interesting. Pappy, what, what what do you think? What's uh, what's your vote here? Typical S. Josh W. Not finding him guilty. Um, <laughs> I don't get that, but I laughed. <laughs> what? <laughs> Social justice warrior? Oh, yeah. I thought that was Pappy. I mean, I would definitely would have voted him not guilty, but I think similar to what Josh was saying, one of the flimsiest points for me, even though it's one of the coolest scenes in the whole movie, is the fact that uh, Henry Fonda finds a similar knife. Like... <laughs> That doesn't disprove anything, and, and the murder weapon was still spotted and identified by witnesses who weren't looking through trains or anything. So, like, when he slams it down on the table, it's definitely epic. But like, the more ooh, I ooh, think ooh, about ooh. that, the more it's like, eh. I it is the that coolest sh- part of the whole movie, though. I'm just saying a coincidence is possible. And I say it's not possible. No, it's not. No, it's not. It is people what well, what's the coolest part then josh i think the coolest part is the scene where the racist gets put in his place same by slugs where oh, he's just stammering yeah. and he goes well, to the corner and sits down and it keeps ends, talking yeah it ends with Silent that protest. but it ends with slugworth put, putting oh, him in his yeah. place but everyone kind of walks away from the table one by one and he goes oh, is yeah. anybody listening to me and slugworth says something like yeah we heard every word now don't you say shut any, your mouth now don't say any more words yeah <laughs> They're no good. There's not a one of them who's any good. These people are dangerous. They're wild. Listen to me. Listen to me. I have. Now sit down and don't open your mouth again. I like how everyone strikes a sassy pose, too, with their arms crossed, <laughs> looking away. That's an epic <laughs> scene, though, and I think that goes back to my point of this film is 1957, black and white. Like, they... It, it, the, so he was being completely like racist and bigoted and just a complete asshole, basically. But all the other le- all the other eleven men basically were like, we're not going to stand for that. There's no way we're going to convict this person because of racism or any kind of ism or any kind of thing that he's not us kind of thing. And I I think that's it goes back to the point of 1957. This movie, I think that's still it blows my mind. Uh, that they were that ahead of their time. And I, I really enjoyed that scene that 
everyone stood together against the racist bigot. And I think uh, 2017 could definitely take a page from that book and uh, um, everyone could calm down a little bit too. But uh, yeah, cool. Um, well, does anyone have any other points uh, before we get into yes and no's and trivias? Pappy? No. I, okay. <laughs> Dang it. I have that was points. such a lead up. I have, pa- I have a couple points, but I don't want to be the only one. Um, Shoot points. I thought it was, in- I was interesting. Lee J. Cobb, during number three, he kind of has three moments where he like hugely gets caught in, caught up in like contradiction. And I wrote these down in my notes. So um, he questions the old man in like the 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think the big one is he questions like how would an old man know anything about anything? And all of a sudden everyone's like the light bulb goes off and it's like, Oh, like we can't take a juror's eyewitness by, you know, on its own. And then I think the most dramatic was when he says, I'll kill him to Henry Fonda. Mm -hmm. And Henry Fonda says something like, you don't actually mean you'll kill me. Do you? Whoa, that sounded very Western. Reel it back. We don't, we're not making this a Western. You don't really mean you'll kill me, do you? But he did say that. Well, Henry Fonda's been in Westerns. <laughs> Henry Fonda's been in plenty of Westerns, right? That's, well, maybe. But that, you, may, you sounded Western. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and then ultimately, I kind of think, I don't know. I think this might be, this is a stretch, but kind of like juror number eight is kind of like the Christ character really. And he like is trying to spread his good word through all these very different people. And the way it trickles down is probably symbolic in ways that I don't really want to get into, but maybe when I'm older, I'll think about that. I don't know. Have you heard the good news? (laughs) He's not guilty. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably a stretch though. And, Anyone else think there's anything in that? No, you're you're Stretch Armstrong there, dude. That's a stretch. Yeah, that's a stretch. <laughs> it's not quite cool. It's not that's quite uh, cool. Yeah. No, yeah. this this is not very on the nose. Uh, that's uh, that's a stretch. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. I guess yeah. One other point that I don't think that we brought up is that this is one of the most beloved movies that we've ever spoiled. It's number five on IMDb's all-time list. That's pretty crazy, especially for being so old. Let's see if Vince can get a. Uh goof on there then what do you mean your goof that you found yeah the 41 seconds oh i should i'll submit that i'll definitely submit that because i have a uh, account on imdb i I like to rate my movies it's fun to keep track of them and stuff so yeah i should i'll submit something (laughs) and see if it if it goes through or whatnot i don't know if it's like wikipedia or if you submit and it's in or there's a vetting process or whatnot but yeah i'll throw that in there We'll upvote it. <laughs> I don't know if it's like that either, but we'll see. There, there's uh, plenty of uh, to be found out there. So let's let's go into yes or nosies and uh, go around the table here. Um, let's keep that same uh, order we had earlier. So Pappy would be first. What say you, sir? Same Pap order. Uh, yeah, definite yes for me. Um, I don't think there's too much else to say than if you haven't seen this movie for whatever reason, definitely go watch it. Uh, I think if we did a spoilers tournament of movies spoiled and we tried to figure out what's the best movie we've spoiled, this might win. It definitely make it finals, at least a final four. So, dude, my ego's on. My ego's got a cap. You gotta calm down on that. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, put your pants back on. Uh, <laughs> They've not been on this whole time, so I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, Same. <laughs> nice. Cool. Um, so next would be, I think, in the order that we were doing earlier, Stevie. Um, I give this a definite yes. Um, I love. I really love the story, and more than anything, I love the camera work in this movie. There's so many long shots without any cuts, and it looks absolutely flawless. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just have to imagine the attention to detail that the, the director and actors went through to make sure that every shot was just right and everything was functioning. Because, I mean, it's just yeah. a small room. So uh, the camera work in this movie is legendary. And uh, yeah, give this movie a definite yes. Nice. Money Mike. Money Mike. Uh, yeah, I, I've never seen this movie before, so I was... Uh... I didn't know what to expect uh, going into it. It is a lot like a play. There's a lot of choreography going on, uh, especially in the background with the other characters, and it's really interesting to see. Uh, but overall, the story is like amazing, and it's a really interesting movie to watch, and you actually do learn a lot about something pretty important in our country watching this, so it's a definite yes. Nice. Cool. Uh, I'd have to agree with, I think, all your points. Um, <clears throat> this is definite yes for me. Uh, obviously, I picked it. Um, but as Pappy said, it's top five of IMDb. I think at number five, it's top five of Vince's favorite movies. Uh, I can watch this. Every time I watch it, I like it. And every time I watch it, I see something new. Um, and to Money's point, I think it is an important film. It's an important film that every U.S. citizen has this right to jury duty as well as this right to uh, fair process in a court of law. Um, so I think it's, it's really important. Unless you have a public defender. Nah, but still, I mean, that's, that's a joke, <laughs> but you know, um, but, it, but hopefully there'll be a Jesus juror number eight that can dig you out of that hole. Yep. Uh, we're just not going to make that happen. So let's, we'll rewind that and cut that. Um, but uh, no, no, no. I think it's really important. I think it's a really cool film. Um, and the first time I saw it, I was kind of just like, shit, I think they should show this in high school to high school students learning about, or middle school, or whatever the hell you learn about this stuff. I think they should show this movie. I think it's really important. I think it's really cool um, to go off of that. So that is uh, five yeses there. No, I didn't uh, get a say. Oh, you yeah, did it? I was waiting oh, for Jesus. Josh's. My bad, Josh. Shoot. Or it's Jesus, uh, Henry Fonda. Speaking of Jesus. Uh, I mean, Henry yes. Fonda. Sure, number eight. Wow, I totally when, jumped the gun. Josh, please go ahead. My bad. Well, when, my bad, when bad. Christ walked the earth. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> you got to get the no now since I said five yeses. Just to throw me off. <laughs> this is okay, so this is a definite yes. It's one of the best movies of all time. I do think there nice. are a couple problems with this movie we didn't Shoot. talk about. And I think the one is that the premise is the judge tells them that this is like death no matter what if they say guilty <laughs> and i don't really think that's very realistic as far as he just killed like one person in a passionate crime like um didn't buy that they never really addressed like why piglet's voice is so high um, <laughs> i was waiting for that reveal in the movie <laughs> his wife beats him <laughs> that beats didn't him. happen what to do like <laughs> Find the balloon that he's hiding underneath the table. Yeah. Like, what do you think? <laughs> so much helium. And then, and then, ultimately, the fact this is twelve white dudes. Um, I think, 
I wonder if a minority, minority in this country or just a foreigner, if they would think this movie was so great, if they'd have problems mm. relating to it or not. So all that said, I'm being nitpicky. This is a classic Christ story and a definite yes for me. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll follow that up and say thanks for giving me a yes, but this is not a Jesus story at all. When Christ walked yeah, the it's earth. definitely not that. <laughs> what are you talking, what are you it talking definitely about? Is not. All right, that's five yeses. Let's get into trivia. You guys ready for some trivia? Yeah. Six with yeah. Jesus, but yes. All right, cool. So we're going to play off the theme that this entire movie revolves around, and that is Switchblade Laws of United States of America. Uh, so right oh, now, Christ. 15 states in the United States, it's illegal for private ownership of a switchblade still in 2017, 15 states. So there's 35 states where it's still legal, to, or, or should be, I suppose, or whatever. It's not uh, up to me. But there's 35 states where it is legal to own a switchblade. What we're going to do is a... Uh, a round robin or a uh, knockout type of, you know, you, you guess the, the state, um, so of the 35 choices, and we'll go from there. So uh, order, uh, shoot, I'm really bad at who hosted last. I so hosted last. Josh, you're first. Um, Stevie, you're second with uh, Budapest. Um, Pap, Man. Pap, Pap is third. And Money, you got that advantage at the last spot. Although last spot does need to answer a correct question. Um, so this isn't like Josh putting this this episode on a T for Vince. Um, anyways, let's start hey, it off. Hey. <laughs> Josh, Kaufman. go first. Thank you very much. Josh, <laughs> <laughs> and I do have like a backup if everyone does get these. Oh right. my god. Okay. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it's legal in North Dakota. You might hear me typing because I'm I'm accessing my database. In North Dakota is legal. Yes. Nice. Uh, over to Stevie. Okay, so we have to name the states. It's legal. There's 35 states where it's legal. Oh, Bubba, legal I thought it was so. I thought it was illegal. Okay, so it's legal. Um, this is going to be such a cop out because I have no idea. I don't expect to win anyway. South uh, South Dakota. Wow. <laughs> there is Promote. no South Dakota. Okay, South Dakota <laughs> is legal. Nice. Let's go over to Stevie. Yeah. Or uh, excuse me, Pappy. Uh, I'll say. Idaho. No, Idaho. Idaho is legal. Noise. Right. Let's go over to Money Mike. Mikey. Uh, Alaska. Alaska, it is legal. Boom. All good. Let's do it. Let's uh, start from the top. What do we say, uh, Josh? Montana. Montana. So, Tony Montaga, it is illegal. You are oh. out, sir. You are out. What? Stevie. This is just me because of my prejudices, but I think everything is legal in the state. Uh, is Texas one of them? Is that your guess? No way. Yeah, Texas. Texas is legal. Wow. Stevie. Yeah. Or, uh, Pappy. I did that twice. I'll say Wyoming. Legal. Nice. Money Mike. Oh, shit. So nervous. Money Mike. He's patient, but he's accurate. <laughs> <laughs> he's accessing his internal database california <laughs> california uh is legal nice let's uh bring it what? back to stevie what? josh is out stevie i thought that was the hardest state to get a gun let alone a... okay if um... it's less than two inches is what it looks like <laughs> oh son of a bitch uh pa, 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 pa. florida 
Florida, America's trash can is legal. Nice. Pappy. I'll say Missouri. Missouri. Breaks. Legal. Nice. We're just going to get to the states point. All the states with low <laughs> IQs. You guys are going to forget the states. That's it. <laughs> Money Mike. Good old racism. No. Money Mike. Michigan. Michigan. <laughs> Illegal. Wah, wah, wah. Oh. To Stevie. Wait, Money Mike said Michigan? Yep. Michigan's illegal. All right. Um, I have no, Hawaii. Ooh. All right. I like it. Accessing the database. All right, hold on. It's oh. <laughs> illegal. He's out, but Pappy's, Pappy's got to answer, answer or money's back in as well. Oh, um, one second. Sorry, my room. Ser- I just got room. I just got room service. <laughs> hey, fangas? Have them on the pot. Have second. them on the pot. Tell, tell me you got chicken fangas. Did you get them fangas? No, I got a burger. Oh, <laughs> uh, you didn't get a club Sammy. Did it come with fries? But I will say for my guess, Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. Sooner boomer. Let's see it. Put it on the board. Legal. It's a pappy movie. Nice. Gosh darn it. Woo. Gosh darn it. It's a pappy movie. All right, pappy. You think of a movie? I'll, I'll plug. Uh, what shitty eighties trash can are we yeah, looking at? What this shit eighties movie will All it right, be? Eighties garbage movie you're gonna listen to now. Uh, but you can find <laughs> us on iTunes with aliens. Serial bull. Uh, we look like uh, British midgets. Superman too. Ser- Jeez, there's a shit talking back there. Um, You can also tweet us anytime at spoilers underscore pod. We're on the Instagram at podcast spoilers. Um, What else? You can hit us up on Gmail at podcast spoilers at gmail.com. We have a website, podcast spoilers.com. And we just added a feature called spoilers box office, which is our latest five episodes. Um, we're going to add a little bit more functionality to that as as it comes, but that is up now. Um, what else do we have here? Uh, the Instagram can, is on fire. Instagram is fire, fam. Uh, I'm not even pretending like talk like a youth, um, but uh, <laughs> let's move on. Uh, one last one for you gutter snipes out there. <laughs> that's that's a Florida term for you. It's lit. Um, whoa, <laughs> let's. Uh, we got one more. It's a hotline bling, uh, which is gosh. Darn it, I forgot it now. It's 903-SPOIL. 776-4507. Yep, perfect. 903-SPOIL-07. SPOIL-07. Hit us up. Hit us up, talk shit. Hit us up, say we're good. I mean, you don't got to do that. But, uh, you know, any kind of feedback is really cool. So all those plugs we just dropped, uh, please, please reach out and say anything. Uh, uh, Because... we would love to hear from you. We're having fun with it. We would love if our listeners are too. Um, I thought Kyle was going to call in again. I thought Kyle was going to call in and he, I don't know. Who's Kyle? Kyle. From, Did he do the aliens pod? Yeah, Kyle from LA. That was the best. Oh. That was the best. Yeah, Kyle, call back in. We'd love to have you back uh, called in. Um, <laughs> you never call us anymore, Kyle. Kyle I've been dude. waiting on my phone all weekend. You for stand for me on the phone, waiting for the hotline to blow. Uh, the bling is not hot, but uh, anyways, last but not <laughs> least, for sure, uh, Josh Hensley of the Rutabaga uh, wrote this beautiful song that you're listening to as Pappy tells us what his bullshit '80s sucky fucky movie is. What Alien. is it, Pappy? 
Tell me it's time bandits. Jesus Christ, you oh, guys. Oh, I'm shit. <laughs> Already. Sounds like some bitter people. Actually, uh, Vince, I think you mentioned it on Adaptation that 12 Angry Men was on my list of movies to snipe. I thought it was. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, I had a fan request from a friend in Minnesota who's been a long-time listener Ooh, of the podcast. So we're going way, way, way back uh, oh, to a magical year called 2016 and doing Captain Fantastic. What? What is that? What? With Viggo Mortensen? Yeah. That's a sad movie, but really good. That's what I picked. And that was spoilers. That's a a good pick. (laughs) Awesome. Well, Captain Fantastic, look for it uh, on your local box office, uh, JK. Sorry to disappoint you, Pappy fans. Not the 80s. Not the 80s. Time Bandits 2 is coming. Math teacher, Mark Math Paper.